Hey Hot Stuff, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm your host, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. No, because we uh, don't know all the answers just yet. But maybe one day... Yeah, we will elevate to a higher plane and know it all. We'll unlock all those Akashic records. Oh, shit. That'd be cool. I mean, it's possible, I guess. Yeah, we'll learn how to communicate with the alpacas and speak the language of sage. I mean, I already communicate with the alpacas. That's true. That's my dream, y'all, is uh, to own an alpaca sanctuary and to learn how to like knit beautiful sweaters and beautiful wall hangings out of alpaca fur. And I also want to knit sweaters for the alpacas because you have to shave them <laughs> in order to like use the fiber. And I don't want them to get cold. So I want to knit them sweaters made out of their own fiber. And I feel like that's a little cruel. To yeah. Be like, I'm going to take weird. I'm going to take your fur from you. But then put it back on you in a way that I decide. But, I mean, we're using the fiber to knit gorgeous things. Would it be better if I, like, covered them in, like, a wool sweater? I'm like, here's another animal's fiber for you to wear. No, I mean, I understand. You're trying to give them fashion. It reminds me of that episode of Project Runway where Chris March made clothes out of human hair. Oh, God, yeah. And Tim Gunn was looking at it, and he's like, have you ever heard the expression about the monkey house? How, like, first when you enter into the monkey house, it smells terrible. But after you've spent some time there, you don't even notice the smell anymore. <laughs> and then he looks at Chris March and said, you've spent too long in the monkey house <laughs> i don't remember that but well it was so an impressed. amazing fucking season and it was a great episode and the brilliance of tim gunn never oh, ceases to amaze long me. live the legacy of project runway it's version 1.0 because now it's going to become a whole new thing yeah with christian siriano in the tim gunn role but i'm not going to watch it project runway without tim gunn and heidi klum is not project runway Look, I don't disagree with you, but I know that I'm going to cut to myself on the night it premieres watching it because I do love Christian Siriano. I do love Christian Siriano and we'll still have Nina Garcia. Yeah, who I really love as well. But who's going to be the Heidi Klum? Oh, I forgot. It better not be a Kardashian. Oh, there is somebody and I'm sure people out there are screaming it, but I believe they have the host. Well, I don't know if I'm here for it. (laughs) Well, we'll find out. We sure will. All right, so shall we introduce ourselves to the audience? Sure. Uh, my name's Angel. Like I said, I am a producer, a writer, and an astrologer. To the stars. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, some stars. Uh, occasionally. And you, my dear? Uh, my name is Brandon Alter. I am an energy healer. I am a tarot reader and a tarot teacher. Um, I'm an actor. I'm a writer. Um I'm a spiritual weirdo. I'm a crystalista. That's a lot of hyphens. I don't know if they're hyphened. I think they're they're separated with commas. It's a, you're just a, <laughs> a multi-common commonator. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm multi multi-commonator. Yeah, I'm multi-common. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Yes, you do. You wore a lot of hats today. It feels like. Did I wear a lot of hats? Oh, you mean not literally? I didn't wear a single hat today. No, I mean. But yes, yes. I taught Pilates in the morning. And then I taught yoga in the morning, and then I uh, practiced some shamanic skills, and then I was a tarot reader, and I was also a cook for Noche's dog food, which is just basically people food <laughs> that we feed I to mean, the dog. you're basically the Donna Summer song, she works hard for the money. <laughs> I literally work hard for the money. But good for you. 
You're yeah. honoring every piece of yourself. It was a very full day. It was all things I like to do. It was just wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And my check-in that I'm just rolling right into is that I'm feeling exhausted and depleted. And I'm definitely wanting to be present for this podcast, but I'm also not wanting to fake it. You know, like I don't want to like put on something that isn't authentic, which I think a lot of people can resonate with. Like when you go into the office and you're having a bad day or you're just feeling depleted or maybe like something not so fabulous happened in your life and people are like, how are you? And you're like, I'm great. Everything's great. And you're just like, you know, fake Phoebe. I'm trying not to be fake Phoebe. <laughs> Who's fake Phoebe? It's just a, it's just an alliteration <laughs> for somebody that's being fake. I'm not talking about our actual friend Phoebe. Shout know, out. Who we love so much yeah, and who and is an amazing creative human being. Far in our from life. fake. No, she is far from fake. She keeps it all the way real, girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm exhausted but fulfilled. Well, that's good. Yeah, that that's is good. the best way to be exhausted. Yes, it as is. As opposed to being exhausted from having worked, you know, a job that you can't stand. Are we getting into your check-in now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually don't resonate with that at all right at the moment. But um, I just feel like that's a, a thing out in the world that people have to deal with. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. So at least you're on a good, you know. A good page with it. No, I really am. Exhaustion. You know, when I left my main Pilates teaching job at the end of February, I was talking to my therapist about how it was like this birth, this birth canal, this tunnel of transformation. He was Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens nine months from then. And I realized at the end of November, November 28th will be exactly nine months from the day that my former boss called to try to fire me. Oh, wow. And I realized like, wow, there has been so much forward movement in terms of like what I've been creating. Mm -hmm. And this whole year for me has been centered around the tarot card nine of pentacles because that was my center card for my year ahead spread. Uh And a lot of nine of pentacles is about like entrepreneurship and creating business. And I actually gave a reading today and his center card was nine of pentacles. Oh, how funny. But what I realized, the deeper message of the nine of pentacles isn't just about like, what are you building in terms of business or completion in terms of like finance or work? It's about a felt sense of your true value. Mm. That's really what it is. Because pentacles is your work and your career and your body, and but it's really about your value at the end of the day. And so I feel like this year I'm really coming into like, what's my value? And my yeah. value is so much more than just like teaching one-off Pilates for $50 an hour. Right. No, it's very much, it seems like it's very much this year about you sort of learning how to actually activate all the things you value into your career yeah so that you can be doing all of them yeah so i feel like i really have just like even brendana summer she just finished her uh second level comedy class on wednesday um and so just like all just like spinning all of those plates yeah aren't you saturn through the 10th house thing right now yeah girl all right well we'll get into that because we're going to be talking about saturn in our deep time yes it's all about saturn uh yeah but uh i'll just give a little bit of my own check-in sitch uh i'm doing pretty well actually this has been a good week i feel like uh you know the last time we all chatted here uh you know i was sort of in this place of really trying to like get in touch with my power and you know really sort of get 
back in touch of like sort of my authenticity through my creativity and I definitely have been doing things you know working on my writing and getting into that space with it which has been really fun uh and just this week in general though I've definitely like hit some like sort of depressing lows this week um I think part of it was just like the whole craze of like the election energy because as we're recording this we just had like the midterm elections yeah which you know uh were you know i chose to really just focus on all the positive that came out of it i mean you can't look at those photos of all those gorgeous women of color who are sitting in the house and not Mm -hmm. feel like okay the new world that we all know in our hearts is possible is slowly coming into manifestation yeah and that was really what i tried to just grasp onto so that night even as you know there were certain races that i think we had really all sort of and when i say we i mean people you know who uh queer spiritualistas <laughs> i don't want to ostracize anyone out there but no, no, you no. know um i'm looking for you know people out there who are progressive and trying to move our country forward uh, for everyone and you know so i was very excited yeah like you said to see all the women who got voted in to see you know like yeah people of color um lgbtq people getting voted in uh just really exciting moves forward um you know the first openly gay governor um, was voted in Colorado. He's also Jewish, and he's the richest governor as well, which Damn. I which I love. So Taurus, totally. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, there was I think a lot of good that came out of it, and you know, I had the most amazing acupuncture session. Shout out to Russell at Poke Acupuncture here in LA because he is amazing, and really sort of. Um, helped me kind of like tune into some of that like energy and we were talking about you know sort of how you need to like sort of look at the optimism in your life and that really resonated with me because we also have Jupiter moving into Sagittarius uh, which you know I won't go too deep on uh, because then I'll start to ramble even more than I already am but you know Jupiter and Sag it's where it wants to live Jupiter is a hope abundance optimism Sagittarius is its home planet and like let's all get into personal growth and so it moved into that right after the election so you know I just feel like this little sort of light sort of glimmering in the distance that I'm like okay I'm gonna move towards you so even when I was feeling kind of down this week I always tried to just like look at that light and be like all right bitch I see you and I'm gonna keep trying to walk towards you but can I just talk about the difference between how Angel and I handled the election, which is that yeah. Angel got home from work and he immediately turned on all of the news stations and was like watching the election results come in. And I had my friend Jeff come over and I facilitated a healing and then we walked to a vegan restaurant and I was like, I will find out tomorrow when the results are in. Like, I don't need the emotional roller coaster of like how things, you know are happening on a moment-to-moment basis. Yeah, whereas I wanted to just sit on the couch with a really delicious uh, Mediterranean plate and watch it. And that is a Cancer moon versus a Capricorn moon and how we handle things. Totally. (laughs) I was like, just tell me what the results are and how I'm supposed to integrate this and move forward. Into my tomorrow. Yeah, literally. (laughs) But yeah, so all good. However you celebrated the midterms, we are happy to have you with us now. Yeah, exactly. Onwards and upwards, peeps, toward that little light in the sky. Let's go toward it. It's our North Star. 
Oh, Jupiter is our North Star. Yeah, that's what we're heading towards. It's beautiful. Uh, so we want to get into a little bit of um, sort of what's uh, healing us currently as we're dealing yes. with all this stuff. We're going to bring back a segment we haven't had uh, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's time to take a peek inside our medicine, medicine bag. bag. So, babe, what's in your medicine bag this week? Well, the thing, you know, the medicine that I have been needing for my healing is a lovely Swedish woman named Robin Uh. who graced us with her return as her whole album, Honey, that I have just been listening to over and over. It is so good. It's so good. And I had the real luck and opportunity to go to this all robin dance party last week that was here in la called this party is killing me where they played like 90 percent robin songs and so i basically was on the dance floor for three hours non-stop shout outs to my friends who just brought me bottles of water thank you philip grant and steven oh my god amazing because <laughs> i literally did not leave the dance floor and you were sober oh yeah yeah. And just getting all of my fucking life. I mean, I'm obsessed with her. She, she just like sold out Madison Square Garden. Oh, amazing. She is getting her life too. But that album, if y'all haven't listened to it, and I don't know how much of Robin, I feel like if you're listening to us, you must know Robin. Or you at least know Dancing on My Own or Call Your Girlfriend, which were like songs you couldn't escape in like 2010, 2011. Or Show Me Love. Yeah, even back in the day was Show Me Love. But she released a new album called Honey. It's nine songs. It's very sort of like... You know, there's definitely like a couple sort of like dancey bangers. And particularly if you go on a dance floor and hear Honey or, you know, Missing You, you will dance like you haven't. Um, there was an amazing Missing You remix that came out today. Mm-hmm. Oh, today? I haven't the heard Weiss that one. remix. Oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, okay. I'll have to listen. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, basically like sort of chronicles this period in her life where she sort of dealed with a lot of loss and a big breakup. She lost like one of her best friends, a producer, um, which the song Missing You is all about. But the album basically like chronicles from start to finish. She has the songs in chronological order from how she recorded them. And it really just tells a journey, you know, and such a like hero's journey through emo- through like just emotional catharsis. So it's definitely been getting me through all of these current like waves of things. And you can listen to it from start to finish and take the journey and then go or back like and me, again. Capricorn Moon, you can just listen to that last song on repeat because yeah. that is the jam for me. I know I thought of you when they played it on the dance oh, floor. So good. Ever again. Ever again. I'm never going to be broken hearted ever again. I'm only going <laughs> to sing about love ever again. Yeah. Brandon never really going to let it happen. To it. Then it would be all for nothing. I'll post the video of him to the Insta stories so you can see him. Get the video of me doing what? Dancing. Oh, the first time I heard it dancing yeah. in the kitchen. Oh, such a dream. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that's like the thing that's really. Uh, in your medicine bag. Yeah. That I'm just living for. Gorgeous. Anything else you want to. Share with the peeps? I mean, I don't think there's anything else really that like is just getting me like that. All right. So, yeah. Get your lives, people. Get it. If you haven't already. Get into and let me, it. And if you have, let me, know how, let me know how you're feeling about it. You? Well, I'm going to be super basic in this segment. And I thought I would just tell people what's literally in my medicine bag. Because I have, I have like a little medicine bag that I carry with me everywhere I go. It's basically a clutch. 
And oh, you mean your little, yeah, your little clutch. My little clutch. I was like, I was like, he's a doctor? Well, it's, you know, it's like my healing pouch. Oh, yeah. And I bring it with me literally wherever I go. And some of the items change. Like if I'm going out, sometimes my wallet's in there or my keys. But I just thought it'd be fun to tell people what's in my little purse. So if you ever see me with like my little red clutch, you'll know what's in it. So the things that are in my little red clutch are <laughs> a piece of black tourmaline, a uh, smoky quartz wand, a clear quartz that I dug up myself on my 30th birthday at the Ocean View Crystal Mine in San Diego, a piece of, I believe, pink selenite, possibly gypsum, wrapped in a gorgeous Pendleton bandana that I found uh, when we were hiking in the Atacama Desert up in the Andes. And uh, let's see, what else? Then I've got a whole bunch of essential oils. I've got a Reiki-infused rose oil. I've got a lavender and amber oil from Maui. I've got my Palo Santo oil from Peru that I wear every day. I've got um, some chapstick. I've got <laughs> this little uh, cedar. I took a workshop this weekend with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and we learned all about shamanic healing and extraction work. And one of the students, this really, really sweet girl named Susie, um, on the second day came in and had made all of us these essential oils that she had channeled. So it's got copal and cedar wood. It's in this beautiful little sparkly gold vial. So I've got that. That's sweet. And uh, then just my pure lavender oil. So that is literally what's in my medicine bag. Nice. I remember I had this medicine bag uh, two years ago during the election when everything went to hell. And our very good friend Brittany fell to the floor, as I'm sure a lot of you did, in an emotional mm. heap. And I sat down next to her and I pulled out my lavender oil and I pulled out my really good chapstick. And I was like, sometimes when the world around you is falling apart, it's just nice to have a little bit of luxury. Yeah, you had to aromatherapy, aromatherapy her back. Aromatherapize her back. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my Taurus North note. I'm like, well, the world's falling apart, but isn't this a gorgeous oil? Yeah, let's just try isn't and find chapstick something so beautiful in this moment to yeah. help. Well, you were channeling that. You're yeah. a healer. Yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. All right, well, speaking of the healer, why don't we get into our deep dive? Yeah, put on your wetsuits, everybody. Because it's time for this episode's Deep, Deep Dive. Dive. We're talking about Saturn babies. Yes. Particularly about Saturn return. Mm -hmm. Because that is a high voltage period of your life. And it actually happens twice during your life. Maybe even three times if you live long enough. Mm -hmm. Ooh, child. But we want to talk about Saturn. And what is Saturn? What is the energy of the planet Saturn? And how might Saturn affect you based on where it is in your chart? Yeah, we've definitely gotten a couple of questions from people about, you know, what is my Saturn return? Or am I in my Saturn return? You know, I think people are... Uh, just intrigued by that because you will sort of hear it buzzed about every now and then. But yeah, Saturn is essentially, you know, I sort of used the term healer, but you know, I, you know, because like Saturn is your teacher, it's a master, you know, it's sort of the like 
stern parent in your chart. Yeah, it's the big daddy planet. Yeah, why? I I don't like to necessarily call it the big daddy planet because I feel like your mommy can be your Saturn too, depending on your life. That's fair. Yeah, but, you know, it is definitely that like energy that is all, you know, interested in teaching you responsibility, authority. It's sort of, I always say, you know, where you need to grow up the most in your chart, you know, where you need to learn to adult yourself. It tends to be interested in, you know, somewhat in your fears. Um, uh, And they always say it's sort of like limitations. I even like to just like refer to it more as your self-imposed limitations. Mm. Uh, And yeah, I mean, Saturn is sort of, you know the the god of of time, as oh, they say. Oh yeah, Kronos. Mm-hmm. So, which is a limitation in and of itself, right? Time. Oh, completely. Which is slightly self-imposed and also not. Yeah, it's self-imposed. You know, in certain situations for yourself. You yeah. Know, when you tell yourself, "Oh my God, I only have like twenty minutes," you know, when it's like, "Well, that's because you told yourself that," you know. But on some level, you. Yes, then also just have a actual finite amount of time on this earth that you can't entirely control. So Saturn's saying, what are your sacred contracts? What are you really here to do? And how can you grow up, take responsibility, and bring these things forwards? Yeah, I always feel like if Saturn is, you know, so Saturn, you know, is somewhere when you're born, but then Saturn, you know, transits through different areas. And, you know, we've talked about the the chart before and how there's houses and each of the 12 houses in a chart have different areas of your life. So if Saturn's going through there, it's really about sort of, yeah, like sort of growing up in that area, taking responsibility. So Saturn's going to start to sort of put some stuff out there for you to have to sort of step up in that part of your life, you know, it's going to present you challenges, um, op- and even opportunities, you know, windows to, to push through. But you have to elevate in order to receive them, right? Yeah. I mean, you Saturn's, grow like, up. Saturn's like, you want this? Okay. Well, it's like two rungs up on the ladder, so you better get to climbing. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So, you know, so, what we mentioned about the Saturn return being, you know, that is when Saturn comes back around to where it was when you were born and sort of takes anywhere. I found that I found people who were as young as 27 when it first came back. So it's anywhere from like 27 to 30, usually 28, 29, um, when Saturn comes back around to where it was when you were born. And that is the Saturn return. So it's essentially Saturn returning back to its, you know, place where it was you know when you came to be and it's usually like a big sort of crisis you know in your life where you're being pushed to the test to really sort of grow up hence why it sort of does just coincide with the end of the 20s and why I think so many people sort of get to the end of their 20s and they're like oh my god I'm gonna be 30 what's happening doesn't it also give you a gift though at the end I mean I think if you work it yeah you know, it either, you know, if you really work it, uh, it gives you a gift. And it's not always the gift I think that you may want. I'm still waiting. <laughs> you yeah. hear that, Saturn? Oh, okay, calm down. Uh, you know, but I do think that's the thing with Saturn is, you know, you have to step up and take the lessons. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, Saturn 
is going to give you what you thought was good for you. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that Academy Award. Uh, yeah, because that might not be what you need. Well, it's certainly not the sacred contract I made with Saturn <laughs> before I manifested. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, but you're also still just in the like mist. Maybe for it. my second Saturn return. Maybe, or maybe at the end of your Saturn return, because you still got some a ways to go. What do you mean? Uh, is Saturn still going through your 10th house? Yes, but that's not where it was originally in my chart. Oh, sorry. I was my natal Saturn. My natal Saturn is in the eighth house. Oh, but that wouldn't reward you with a an Academy Award. That's what say. I'm saying. Where's my Academy Award? That was what I wanted, but that's, <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, but does not eighth house work? You know, accolades and achievement is not eighth house. No, I know. Yeah, like. Eighth no, house. eighth house is about other people's money, and that's what my Saturn return was all about. It was, was about it? mommy's money and daddy's money, and how gross it made me feel to be using mommy and daddy's money to be funding my life, and seeing all of the gross manipulation and strings that were happening as a result of it, and having to grow the fuck up. Wow, the tea is on the floor, everybody. I need oh, to get, I need to get a rag. I'm Excuse sorry. Me. I'm sorry. Did I, <laughs> did I reveal too much? <laughs> The kettle just went off. Hold yeah, on. We're no. making some more. Uh, but no, I think that's good. And do, I think it's important to share like what your Saturn return was. It's helpful. So well, it's what really interesting. It for yeah. You? Well, my Saturn return and my mom's second Saturn return are very connected. Mm. Because my Saturn return happened when my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Right. And it was the first big surgery she had. And I moved down to San Diego, essentially, for like three weeks to take care of her house and her dog while she was in the hospital recovering. Yeah, I mean, so you were you like you were a Saturn return baby. Like you were part of your mom's first Saturn return. What do you mean? Like her having you coincided with her first Saturn return then or no? No. Oh, sorry, because you said her first and your or her second. And your I just first. mean her Saturn return right now, because she literally oh, just went it. through it, is about the end of this cancer journey. Oh, got it. Whereas got it. my Saturn return was the beginning of her cancer oh, journey. Oh, wow. And what it meant for me. I mean, for her too, because it was her cancer. Yeah. But it was me going down there and just seeing so clearly all of the familial dynamics and being at the hospital every day and then going home and taking care and the interplay between my dad and my mom who are divorced and just all of the soap opera drama one can imagine and it was quite a show yeah girl it was a lot to live through <laughs> um yeah I remember one day I just like got home from the hospital and my mom lived at the time in this like beautiful little complex that had like a community pool. And I just like got in the pool and just like cried. I just cried in the pool. Hmm. Um, but that was my sudden return. And at the end of it, I was like, I, it was the first time I ever like made a budget. I like wrote down a budget. I was like, what do I spend every month? What do I make? What am I going to do? How do I like be a human in the world? And so that was my Saturn return. And then my mom's second Saturn return, which literally just happened, she is the first person to receive this personalized vaccine that is built on her own immune system to make it so that the cancer that she has will never come back again. Right. But before she could get there, she had to go through three years of learning how to set boundaries, learning how to heal herself, learning how to separate herself from her parents, from ex-boyfriends. I mean, like... What house is her Saturn returning? Oh, you know, we just both have Saturn in the eighth house. No big deal. Oh, so you and she really had to get into, on some level, yeah, like how other people's... Money. Money. 
you know, yeah, affects you. Creates limitations. But also really, I mean, if you think about the eighth house, it's the Scorpio house. So it's all like the shadow too, the things we've suppressed, the things. But also transformation. And well, yeah, by by going through the dark tunnel, you come out a changed person. Yeah. So interesting that you both sort of had that journey. And hallelujah that we both made it out on the other side. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, I think, for people to sort of know where their Saturn is. Um, hopefully, you know, if you've been listening to us for a while, you have sort of looked into where is my Saturn and what does it mean? And we'll kind of go through, I think, all the houses um, and really give you all like a sense of what that could entail for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, my Saturn return... Uh, my Saturn return was in my fourth house, which is um, the house that represents home and family. And your mother. <laughs> yeah, your mother. And I actually, um, because I w- was already an astrologer at that time, and I had astrologer friends who had all told me, you know, well, you're going to have to heal some family business, so get with it. Um, you know, I actually was living on the other side of the country, and decided that I should move back home. And interesting, you know, now that I've looked back at it even further, you know, Saturn through the third, you know, the third house rules relationships with siblings. It was while I was living in New York City that my relationship with my older sister really sort of cemented itself. But also my younger sister uh, got engaged and was going to get married. So that actually really triggered me to want to move back home because I felt like, wow, I'd been gone for almost eight years and I just felt like, oh, it's time for me to probably get to know my family a little better. Reconnect. And reconnect. So it felt like, you know, a sort of lead up to my Saturn return, um, which then had me, you know, moving back into my the house I grew up in, living with my parents. Again. In the room you grew up in? In the room I grew up in. Girl. Yeah. And that wasn't, yeah. So as Saturn like moved in, that was even like before my Saturn return hit. And it was like, as I was, as Saturn was moving into my fourth house was when I was moving back into my old home. Fuck, girl, you were Saturn. Yeah, but and I you really. you were Saturn for your family too. Totally. I was like, all right, everybody. I mean, you I, were the big daddy. I at one point sat down with my parents and was like, all right, y'all. So we need to heal some things. So we're going to talk about some stuff. And we did. And, you know, the relationships I had with my parents then, um, you know, were definitely, you know, had less honesty to the ones that I have now. And so it was like a really necessary experience. And, you know, I felt like, on some level, I came out of my Saturn return, not necessarily just um, reconnecting with my family, but also, re, you know, sort of finding my roots in a new way, planting roots here in L.A. in a way that I hadn't. When I left L.A., I was like, I hate this place and I will never come back. And then I came back sort of on my own terms and, you know, really sort of built the life that I didn't even think was possible for myself here. Um, so my Saturn return was really about, I think, committing, like adulting into, I'm going to own this as my home and I am going to allow myself to be at home in the angel that I had gone away and created. And now was like coming back and saying, Hey everyone, here I am. 
<laughs> you know, like I'm gay and I'm an astrologer and Well, they they knew you were gay. They did, but they didn't have to see it on a daily basis. That's true. You know, and they would see it very regularly. And it's not like I, you know, came walking in the door waving a flag, but I was definitely like out in a way that I wasn't when I lived there before. Yeah. So, but you were an eight-year-old boy obsessed with Madonna. So, yeah, in but some ways. yeah, but they, you know, they. I think all kind of. Well, I don't know, but I there was, I think, some convincing on their part of like, oh, he puts her picture up because she's pretty. Wow. Like, there was no one like really telling them like, oh, that's a gay person. That's what a <laughs> gay person does. You know, like they didn't know that. Your mom did though. Yeah, well, I think she knew as I got older, but, you know. When she was like, you go to you go to college in San Francisco. Well, of course, yeah. She wanted to ship me off <laughs> because, yeah, she wanted me to, like, get in touch with my true self, Beautiful. you know. Yeah, it was yeah. a gift. Um, and I do think on some level I was rewarded for really sort of meeting it head on. Yeah, you have a beautiful relationship with your family. Yeah, and I just also, I think, have a really good relationship with like my the foundation of who I am which was ultimately what that was about totally so you know I think it's interesting too to even think about when you want to talk about like a Saturn return um and this is something when I was learning about Saturn return uh I actually was looking at like famous people okay you know I was like okay so if and specifically divas. I was looking at the musical divas in my life. Because this is the spiritual gaze, y'all. Exactly. You, in case you were unclear. So uh, speaking of Madonna, like I sort of got it because, you know, her Saturn. I was like, what albums were people's Saturn returns? Oh. So Madonna was rec- writing and recording like a prayer. And it came out at the end of her Saturn return. So if you think about it, like before then, it was all like pop songs, pop songs. You know, I mean, she'd had a couple that were like, you know, groundbreaking. But um, she really like got personal for the first time and talked about like. Was Britney's Saturn return when she shaved her head? No, that must have been some other business. But her Saturn return was essentially like after the circus album. So it was basically like when she was like rehabilitating herself in the public eye you know when it was like right before like femme fatale and like till the world ends and like all those sort of when she started having like like big hits again that gap in between where she had to get herself back together yeah and like the hair got right again then it was suddenly like so that was like her Saturn return where she had to sort of grow up and like get rid of all the like bad habits and shed the like childhood persona and like move into i mean as best as she could move into sort of the more adult version of herself oh my god this is so juicy okay who else do you have who else um well other people i've looked at well the one that i really learned because at the time i was super into her and and still am uh but tori Tori amos Amos. yeah because i just think it's super fascinating she was you know trying to be someone she wasn't and was like trying to do this like rocker persona and then she went her first solo album is little earthquakes and that's her saturn return album oh and that album is amazing yeah and it is really like a saturn return album like it's literally like going and facing all of your deepest darkest like self-imposed limitations and self-imposed fears 
Wow. You know, and like trans transforming them into music. I can hear the the spirit of Justin Simeon asking, when is Michael Jackson Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Michael Jackson's was basically like after the bad album which actually took a long time to come out so it was like sort of his like Saturn return was happening as like man in the mirror was like you know still out but it was really then when he got into like new jack swing and was like starting to create the dangerous album um and then you even look at someone who you know like beyonce who you know was like hers was in between the sasha fierce era which was like sort of the pinnacle of like what I would think of like the big first act of her career. Cause she was like a huge pop star, all the single ladies. Um, but then her Saturn return album that she wrote was four, which was commercially probably like, you know, her less or least successful, but I would argue probably one of her best albums ever. And it was really sort of what like laid the foundation for just like creatively what has become like the Beyonce that like, we're all like, obsessed with and you know because she just started like really sort of showing herself a lot more um but yeah so that was like just a fun thing for me to like really do and you know so it could be interesting for y'all out there to kind of like look at who your sort of you know who your icons are and you know take a look at like what they were creating what the what shift they were sort of going through at that period of their life and how would somebody figure it out like if for example someone hypothetically was trying to figure out what was going on during like i don't know share return <laughs> how would they figure that out well hun you would get out your phone oh i have it oh, <laughs> oh my wow. gosh look at that and you know well what year was share born uh, 1946 okay so you know, let's just sort of make it 28 years old. So 56, 66, what was going on in Cher's life in, you know, like 1974? Oh my God, you know what happened during Cher's Saturn return? She divorced Sonny Bono. <gasps> oh shit. That was her Saturn return. So there you go. Yeah, but talk about like growing up and her career started because of him and then she was like, mm -hmm. I don't need you to have a career, boo-boo. Yeah. She was like ready to go and because it's a woman's world. Yeah. And she didn't need to turn back time. Okay. Because she believed in herself. <laughs> wow, you're really gonna go for it. I mean I could keep going, but I won't. You know. Are you gonna plug her new album or no? Plug her new album? <laughs> yeah. Her ABBA covers. Oh, you know what, you guys? That's in my that's in my medicine <laughs> I bag. I feel like it was in a medicine a previous medicine bag. Yeah, maybe I mentioned it in a previous medicine bag. It's so good. Um, but yeah, Do so you hear the drums <laughs> from Endo? Oh, this is going to be going on all night. Um, but yeah, so just a fun way, I think, to play with, you know, where, you know, what Saturn return can translate to, you know, and yeah. sort of see it play out in other people's lives. So do you want to go through the houses and talk about Saturn in each house? So people I think might we have should. a sense of like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's probably what y'all really want. Yeah, y'all want to know how it applies to you, you narcissist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I do whenever I get an astrology book. I'm like, where's the stuff about where's me? Where's the things about me? <laughs> but that's how you learn. And of I course, mean, you learn through yourself first. Yeah, and then you start to like look at all the other things and you learn through your friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the best way to learn astrology is like, okay, now I'm going to read yours. Oh, you're different than me? Okay, let me read that. Oh, here it is. So yeah, so Saturn through the houses. So if you have Saturn in the first house. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Deep apologies. My yeah. good friend Michael Moon has Saturn in the first house. He's always talking about how hard it is. Yeah, why? How does that translate for him? Well, because I think it it is a lot of like self-criticism. You know, mm-hmm. if like the first house is the house of self, to have Saturn there, it, it makes loving yourself hard. You're very self-critical and yeah. you're always judging yourself. And, the stern taskmaster and of yourself. he's such a like handsome, sweet, talented guy. But right. I can tell he struggles I mean, he's, he does a pretty good job, but you know, he, he's talked about how he struggles to fully embrace himself in that way. Right. Yeah. I think that you're right. And I think that that is the perfect expression of like having Saturn. So in that first house, you know, there, you sort of create the own limitations on yourself and how you present to the world. Yeah. Um, so having a Saturn return there would ultimately give you the opportunity to sort of have to take responsibility for it. Yeah. You know, and sort of push yourself out into the world in a way that, you know, maybe you hadn't before. And I even look sometimes as Saturn because it first house can literally be how you look, mm. you know. So I always think when Saturn goes through your first house or if you have a return there, it's literally like makeover, like change the way you look. Gorgeous. You know, see yourself differently. Yeah. When Saturn went over my rising into my first house was when I lost 100 pounds. Holy cow. Yeah. Because Saturn just kind of like takes away, you know, like eliminates sometimes good things, sometimes bad. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you need to see yourself differently. Well, I hope when it goes to my first house, I don't lose all my hair. Mm, Well, we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I've got a lot of wigs. It'll be gorgeous. Gorgeous wigs. Uh, weeks for days and weeks yeah um so and by the way you know this isn't only just for your saturn return i think the saturn return really sort of amplifies it but this is just like saturn transits in general so saturn will transit through a house for about two-ish years Mm -hmm. so even just think of you know if saturn is transiting through your first house just, uh, you know, this all applies to just this period of time. Yeah, because remember, you've got your natal Saturn, which means like where Saturn was when you were born, and that's what you're working with all the time, 24-7. Mm-hmm. But then you also have Saturn transits, which is where is Saturn right now, and what is that affecting for you? And right now, Saturn's yeah. in Capricorn. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so right, Saturn in the second house... Would be limitations around money. Yeah, well, it ultimately is like, you need to teach yourself how to take care of budget. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, there could be some restriction initially around, you know, the finances coming in, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just like, how do you take more responsibility for how you make your money and you know, the money that you have, are you really utilizing it? But that's surface because ultimately it all translates to Mm self-worth, self-value. So, you know, what, limitations have you put around your vision of your own self-worth you know and that's what saturn through that second house is about and ultimately a saturn return in the second house is going to challenge you through some sort of job situation relationship situation anything it's going to challenge you to have to like see oh is this is this what I value myself at and either you're going to step up and say hell no or you're going to, you know, adjust accordingly. Okay, I'm right here, Jesus. <laughs> well, you're not I'm doing house best. No, but I've had it in my 10th house, which is the career house, which is, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, third house. 
Third house. Is Limitations around communication, right? Like yeah. really, so Saturn return will be like challenging yourself to really communicate and, and communicate the truth of who you are and your needs and making sure that you're understood and seen and heard. Yeah. And I think it, um, you know, all starts with how you communicate with yourself. So it becomes very much about taking responsibility for how you talk to yourself what are the words you bitch. say? Exactly. If you're like, if you're waking up every morning and looking in the mirror and being like, God, you're gorgeous, then you're doing a good job. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, if you're waking up every morning like, I hate my life. This is stupid. What have I done? Ugh. Yeah. Then there you go. Remember when fuck Saturn. my life was like a, was like a phrase that was used a lot of people like, FML, fuck well, my yeah. life. Well, now it's just been replaced by the like emoji with like the person with their hand on their face. I feel uh, like that's the FML movie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but sometimes that's just like, oops. I know. Sometimes it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's slowly becoming my favorite. Um, but yeah, I think to your point too, especially around communication. So, you know, when Saturn returns there, if it's your natal Saturn's mission to to sort of face those sort of fears or limitations around communication, then yeah, it's like, going to give you an opportunity to have to say the thing, you know, speak up um, out loud, you know, write the thing that you've been afraid of writing, you know, all of that stuff. But yeah, speaking the truth in a way that you maybe were afraid to do. Saturn in the fourth house? Well, that's some of what I talked about. So I think there's some home and family there. So, you know, you got to heal some things there. Also ancestors, right? The fourth house is the house of your ancestors. Yeah, yeah. So I think it can be very much about, yeah, like healing your lineage, you know, but... And it, taking responsibility for your lineage. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that can be like... The Saturn return in the fourth can be like, you know, white privilege. Mm. <laughs> A lot of white privilege awakenings, maybe. Sure, yeah, totally. Um, or even male privilege awakenings. Or even pretty privilege awakenings. Pretty privilege. Oh, we'll do a whole show about that. But uh, but yeah, I think there's some of that in there. But ultimately, yeah, like I had said earlier, it's like foundation. You know, it's like being at home in yourself. So how are you limiting that, mm. you know? So it becomes about like really making sure that you've structured a foundation for yourself that is going to allow you to sort of stand in your, you know, like grown up stability. And set in in the fifth house, Sterling? How would oh, you? there she is. Oh, she is, Sterling. Um, well, well. Creative accent for the house of creativity. <laughs> well, Gina. Um Saturn in the fifth, yeah, like you said, is creativity. This feels like a hard placement. This feels like a really rough one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I remember having a reading with someone who had Saturn in the fifth house, and I was like, what's your relationship with creativity? And they were like, mm, I don't really have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was a, that really was true. Um, you know, so that's not to say that if you have Saturn in the fifth house, you're not a creative person. I think you could also be very creative if you have Saturn in the fifth house, but you don't know how to manage it, you know, or you don't know how to fully take responsibility for it. And ultimately, I think the high vibe of Saturn in the fifth house is like, how do you be a leader? 
and yeah. creativity. Well, at the end of the day, too, I think what we're trying to say is like low vibe Saturn is all bad news. High vibe Saturn is like you are a boss. You have taken responsibility for all of yourself and you know how to use the power of Saturn to literally achieve your sacred contracts. Yeah. So the Saturn return is actually that opportunity to move from low to high. Love that. Yes, babe. Yeah. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> because, you know, that is even if you want to just look at it from a like real world perspective, that is sort of become like, you know, synonymous with the gateway from the 20s to the 30s. You know, it's like, also isn't Saturn return when all those famous people died? Like well, they couldn't yeah. do it. They couldn't go from low vibe to high vibe like James Dean. And yeah. So they just decide to check out. Kurt Cobain. And who else is in that club? Uh, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. I think Janis Joplin was around that time. The Jop. Yeah, so I think there is very much a sense of that. I don't know why I just said the job. I don't yeah, think anyone's no. ever called her that. No, I, I think you should apologize. <laughs> Sorry to the spirit of Janis Joplin. I'll never yeah. call you the job again. Yeah. Maybe she liked it. <laughs> I think she liked it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that um, there is something about that that some people, like the most, the more sensitive folks, just can't even like transcend it. Transcend it. So they just transcend this earth plane. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Saturn in the sixth house. Saturn in the sixth. You know, see, that's my Saturn right now, being like, "Let's go." Here yeah, we go. Yeah. Well, Saturn in the sixth is you know our relationship to our well-being, to our daily routine. Um, so on some level you can be, feel a little challenged to like by structure, mm -hmm. you know, by structuring your routine and also just health fitness. You can feel like you're always like dealing with some sort of ailment mm. or what have you. Um, but ultimately it's about taking responsibility for your, you know, your, your health and your well being, like owning that. Yeah. Um, and also really learning how to like understand like what you need to create a routine for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to like, you know, abide by a certain structure that's already in place, but you have to learn how to be strict about creating the structure that you need for yourself. Breach. Yeah. And Saturn in the seventh. Saturn in the seventh. God bless you, you know, cause that's relationships. The goddess blesses you. I mean, ultimately, it's about, you know, moving away from, you know, feeling like you can't have anyone, you know, like that sense of like, I'm going to be alone forever to, you know, like taking responsibility for how you move through relationships and how you show up in them, you know, like maybe Saturn, a low vibe Saturn in the seventh is like, I'm just going to take what I can get. And the high vibe Saturn is I'm going to break up with this person and I'm going to hold out for the person who I really want to be with. And if they don't come along, that doesn't mean that I'm not invalid. But I would say that having a Saturn in the seventh house means that like you're meant to sort of find that relationship that is going to ultimately allow you to express your most adult self, hmm. you know? Yeah. All right, Saturn in the eighth. Well, we talked a little bit about that with my experience. Yeah, so Saturn what is it, honey? Just give it, break it down. Girl, oh, fuck. Uh, it is limitations around uh, sexuality. Mm -hmm. It's limitations around other people's money. It's taking responsibility for your shame and your shadow. Yeah. I mean, I think that, in a lot of ways, when I started to be more honest with myself about what I was embarrassed 
or shameful about is when I started to gain power over myself and over it. Yeah. Um, and also like responsive, taking responsibility for your power to transform. Mm-hmm. So I think actually Saturn in the eighth is a fucking dope placement if you can take it seriously because it means that you have a supercharged ability to transform in a major way. But you got to yeah. put up or shut up. Yeah. Was Brandonna Summer a part of your Saturn return? Oh, my God. She totally was. There you go. Oh, my God. I had no idea. She's your, she's your Saturn Oh, my God. Gift. She was my gift. She keeps on giving, honey. <laughs> and she'll give you, too, if you get to that Instagram, girl. Oh, shit. She just gets prettier and younger every day. <laughs> she's ageless. She's timeless. Uh, Saturn in the Saturn ninth. ninth. I always feel like when I see people with Saturn in the ninth in their chart, and this tends to resonate with them, is they were the people who like you know prayed in class that they weren't going to get called on because they didn't want to seem like the dumbest person in the room. Like they were afraid that they wouldn't have the answer or that mm. the answer they had wouldn't be right. Because ninth house is all about knowledge, education, um, you know, and you know what, yeah, what we know, and so. There can when Saturn's there, it restricts that whole sense of for us of like what we know. And um, so it becomes sort of learning how to feel confident in, you know, in, you know, in the knowledge of what it is that you care about, you know, so you might not ultimately be the smartest in the classroom, but you may become the smartest at the thing at your passion ultimately you know or you become sort of knowledgeable in that and it's ultimately or you a lot might be of really like, intuitive and just not book smart but that mm-hmm. doesn't you know undermine what value you have to bring yeah well it doesn't undermine your intelligence it doesn't mean you're not an intelligent human being it yes. just means you might not connect to the damn subjects that you, you might know, not not like reading like nietzsche and exactly who cares exactly but Fuck you nietzsche. might be oh, no i'm just kidding yeah but you might be brilliant at like music and music theory or what have you and then you can become like a professor in that or musical theater oh yes That'd be amazing. All right, Saturn in the 10th, which I'm experiencing right now. Yeah, so how's that? Oh, girl, it's just like, it's taking responsibility for your career. It's like career limitation, you know, which I felt all throughout my 20s trying mm-hmm. to be an actress, and it's just like not happening in the way that I thought it should be happening. And then all of a sudden, I, I did a beautiful pivot, and I realized like, yes, I will always be a performer, but I have to take responsibility for it. And... Like choosing not to go on auditions when I don't like the part and like taking responsibility and not being like a desperate actor and also creating my own material and also like expand, like taking my power back because being an actor, you have no power. And so I was like, okay, well, what is a career that I can build where I do have power? I do have control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Saturn through the 10th house is very much about that, like just owning who you want to be in the world and how you want to be seen in the world. And I think honestly, something that I'm learning just right now with Saturn in, in my 10th house in Capricorn, going back and forth over my moon all year this year is taking responsibility for my ambition. And when I take responsibility for my ambition, that's actually how I'm meeting the needs of my heart. 
Yeah. Like I came in to this planet with like a lot of ambition. And when it was applied to being an actor, it made me feel like a greasy weasel. But when I apply my ambition to like the spiritual gaze or to like my big dreams for like a big retreat center or like the scope with which I want to be able to bring healing and spiritual skills to people, it doesn't make me feel greasy at all. It makes me feel sparkly, you know, but I had to take responsibility for that ambition as opposed to like hiding it or sublimating it or like pretending it's not a real thing. Yeah, but I would say you probably still need to continue to do that with your performing as well. Well, Brendonna Summer is part of that. She's the channel towards that. She's the channel. Because again, Saturn taking responsibility, like that's something that I have complete control over. Like I'm writing the material. I'm creating. I mean, I literally create her face. Do you know what I mean? Like with Mm -hmm. makeup, I create her. Like I create everything. I I get total control over it. And that is very Saturnian. Yeah. Saturn in the 11th. Saturn in the 11th. Well, you know, the 11th is, you know, sort of how we, you know, relate to the world at large, large groups, organizations, even our friends, you know, our groups of friends. Um, So ultimately, you know, we can feel a little hindered in just how we are in large groups, you know, how we connect to large groups or feeling like we're not going to fully fit in, fit into the world. Social anxiety. Yeah, to some degree, I'd say. So ultimately, like, you know, Saturn, you know, transiting through the 11th house or Saturn returning in the 11th house, it's like you're going to be forced to kind of like on some level deal with like being a member of a group, you know, of an organization and having a voice within that. And I always say too, the 11th house is like the, you know, it's the humanitarian house. It's sort of that Oprah house. So on some level, if you have a Saturn element there, it's like, how do you sort of connect yourself to being of service, you know, to the world around you and sort of push yourself to see yourself in that light as someone who can actually make a difference in the world. Beautiful. And finally, we've made it to the end. Saturn in the 12th. Saturn in that 12th house. That sounds hard too. You know, I, I feel like when Saturn transits your 12th house, therapy can be your best friend. I discovered therapy when Saturn transited my 12th house And I don't think I would have made it through that period, those two years, without it. Um, Because ultimately, the 12th house is like everything we've stashed away. You know, everything we've buried in the closet. The hidden house. Yeah. So it can be a lot of like the childhood traumas. I mean, I always feel even too, because Saturn is like karma also on some level. So if you are someone who considers past lives... Saturn in the 12th can sometimes be connected to, you know, this is old energy that we brought with us into this new life that we need to work through. So there can be a lot of just sort of depression, anxiety that, you know, we don't entirely understand where it's coming from. And also, wouldn't you say the 12th house is the house of spirit? So to have Saturn in the 12th house might be like you feel really blocked and like disconnected from spirit in a lot of ways until you can high vibe your way and take responsibility for how you connect on a bigger and deeper level. Well, yeah, because I think that that actually really is the key to breaking through that, you know, and really the Saturn return is what is your spiritual connection? 
You know, what is your connection to spirit? And taking responsibility for it. However, yeah. it manifests. Yeah, and it's, it's taking responsibility for your relationship with the unconscious. Mm. So that is why, on one hand, therapy is a good way to do it because, you know, it's the stuff we've, it's not even the stuff that's in our subconscious. It's just like the stuff we're unconscious to that's yeah. helping to run our lives. So but a lot the unconscious, of dream work. Yeah, but the unconscious is also spirit, you know? So it's like, I'm going to tr- learn to trust that there's something greater than me out there and move into that space with it too. Mm. So I think when Saturn goes to the 12th, it becomes very much about like, you know, finding faith again, you know, finding hope. So, you know, I always think it's interesting, you know, I just had a client recently who was, who was dealing with some Saturn in the 12th stuff. And, you know, it's very much about, yeah, like finding out like, what is your connection to spirit? And like, you know, if you're listening to us, you obviously have some relationship with, you know, wanting to understand this, you know, existence in a deeper way. Um, and maybe you just don't know entirely how, but you're on the path right now. So if you're Saturn 12th housing right now, like you're doing it because you're showing up to this type of experience. Mm. So, um, you know, and look, we all, because this, uh, these are transits, you know, we all experience these, like I mentioned, you know, we all experience each of these at some point in our lives, you know, um, if we're blessed to get to live through that whole first cycle and then even hopefully into the second and even into the third, you know, because, you know, again, it happens every, you know, average 28 years. So then you're 56 and then you're what, 66, 76, 84. So, you know, if you get to have those experiences, each, you know, Saturn return becomes then another opportunity to level up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I'd say, you know, it's important for you to know where your Saturn is. Um, you know, it's, you can get onto good old Google and type in, uh, the year you were born, if you don't know your chart, and an ephemeris, E-P-H-E-M-E-R-I-S, and that is just something online that will show you where all the planets were when you were born, and you just look for the Saturn symbol. If you don't know what it is, you can Google that first, and, and then sort of find it, and it'll tell you what sign Saturn was in for you, and then if you can pull your chart up, through, I think we've mentioned even like astro.com, but there's plenty of other resources out there. Um, then you can see what house it's in, and then you can find out what house it's going through now, where your Saturn return would be, etc. So, um, yeah, get into your Saturn, work your Saturn. It's important to have that relationship with it because if not, he gonna fuck with you. And speaking of Saturn, here is our tarot card for the episode. <gasps> Take a deep breath. Exhale. Oh. oh, shit. What is it? It's the Queen of Chalices, everybody. The Queen of Cups. Gorgeous. And ironically, this is actually the card that I'm moving through this month. So oh, she so really keeps she really keeps trying to find me. So what's the lesson that you, <laughs> more mostly, but now everyone who's listening, need to really understand? 
Honestly, the Queen of Cups is double water. She's the most mysterious, the most psychic. She is in the depth. She's a perfect card for Scorpio season because you are literally 20,000 leagues under the sea. You are like hanging out on the ocean floor. And the Queen of Cups is double water, which means she is just double feeling, double emotion, double intuition. She does not have words. So I would say just give yourself permission that whatever you're moving through right now does not need to be qualified, codified, or understood intellectually. You just need to keep moving through it. Just keep surrendering to the flow of it and allow yourself to continue to plunge deeper and deeper into the depths of yourself, of your psyche, of your heart, but also of whatever experiences are presenting themselves to you. I mean, Queen of Cups is really asking you to be this watery figure and to be comfortable in places that you don't understand. And if somebody asks you, what's going on with you? And you don't have like a great little like, you know, small talk answer then just say you know what a lot and i don't even know how to talk about it right now but you can totally ask me next month and maybe i'll be able to fill you in very saturnian message i'd say right there yeah for sure so thank you everybody we love connecting with you whether it's you know instagram twitter just on the street you know yeah so you can reach us on uh instagram at the spiritual gaze j-y-z or on twitter at spiritual gaze and you can email us directly at the spiritual gaze at gmail.com but yeah seriously so damn grateful to have you all listening to us it means so much and it's so wonderful to get to chat with you all and so damn grateful to our neighbor carl the living embodiment of the spirit of technology. He truly is. He truly is. He's looking great these days. Yeah, he's working it out. Yeah, he really is. Talk uh, about Saturn. And uh, yeah, to uh, JSimo7, Justin Simeon. Yes, Diva Queen. Thank you for our, our interstitial musics. Yes. But yes, of course, our biggest thank you to all of you for listening, for helping to spread the word. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and rate yes. us and leave us a review. It does really help us out. Until next time, this has been your moment in the, the spiritual game.